0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel, based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. I'm Michael Moray.
1: I'm Missy Lonsinger.
0: And this week, we're joined by a very special guest, uh, and, you know, be- beloved former staffer. You guys don't get paid. None of us get paid. Sorry, <laughs> I called you staffers. Wait, what? Also, you don't work for me at all. <laughs> you can do literally whatever you want, whenever you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, our firmware goes to real perspective and the before and after show. And the uh, down but not out is what I'm going to keep saying until it happens, uh, formative filmography. Uh, Corey Tyndall's here,
2: everybody. Uh, that was quite, quite the intro. I don't even know what to say. Okay, yeah, glad to be here. <laughs>
3: the intro befitting a former staffer.
1: Yeah. yeah. Correct. So uh, Corey's Corey? getting paid, but not the rest of us. But that's oh yeah, Corey's been mind. getting paid for years. <laughs> yeah, no, the
3: course. royalties. Yeah it, it, sense. Sense. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. The, it makes
1: sense.
0: Corey's got all the 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 back end points for the syndication that's of fair. the show. And yeah, the, you know all, all that, that stuff. Like I, I was at royalties. the ground
2: level. That's that's how you have to do it. Right? Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got
0: that founder's swag. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh. Uh no but I'm I'm good I'm excited to be here I always enjoy getting to come back on the show talk film with you guys
0: yeah and there wasn't a uh there wasn't a Star Wars this year so um, no
2: or a Spider Man or a Spider Man yeah yeah
0: or a Spider Man yeah. oh, yeah, so you came in for your third expertise which is Pixar um, hey if hey. you guys don't know the backstory uh Pixar <laughs> has a very special uh, place in Real Perspective slash Before and After show. History in that uh, Pixar is the reason my wife has been the maddest at me she's ever been immediately (laughs) after we were married. Yeah, so Pixar, uh, a storied history in uh, real perspective before and after show uh, (laughs) lore, but also a storied history in the history of filmmaking. Obviously the first uh, animation studio to do the first completely 3D animated, computer animated film with Toy Story feature length animated computer animated film with toy story and they have just been it's been what 25 26 20 going on 26 years Mm. uh now with them pumping out movies and they have several franchises and original films and we will not be going through all of them on this episode
1: (laughs) why do you have another honeymoon you got to go
0: to don't tempt me frodo is what i'll say um (laughs) Dude, she'd be so mad if we did it now. I wouldn't um, let you. I wouldn't
3: I let you be so if on our honeymoon. <laughs> oh
1: no. Anyway. Uh,
0: anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have a favorite Pixar movie? Before we get into Soul, or like, what, like your guys' thoughts on Pixar? Missy, I, we'll start with you because I don't think you've been on for a Pixar movie yet.
1: Boy, do I. She said she cracked her knuckles. Uh, I love Pixar. It is. Oh man. As somebody who loves Disney, who used to work as a Disney princess and loves classic Disney Pixar, I think I don't think you can argue that it's produced some of the best films within Disney canon um, as, as classic as, you know, uh, all their other things are. It's just, oh, my gosh, I, I love Pixar. I, I love so much of it. Um, so I have my hot take. Uh, hot <laughs> Ratatouille take. is one of my favorite Pixar movies oh. slash one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I have like this deep-rooted belief that food is fellowship. I think that food is a way to access culture and history and all these things. So I I love uh that it's centered around that and the idea that it's celebrated as something. And I think Americans have just a truly horribly unhealthy view of food. So it's like I love seeing <laughs> healthy perspectives on food. Um and and the idea that, you know, anyone can come from anywhere or any, you know, good thing can come from anywhere. I love that. Um Incredibles is right up there. Um, trying to think. I really like Monsters University and just thinking like theme wise, um, I really like Monsters University because that was the first uh movie I remember seeing that didn't tell kids like, hey, if you believe hard enough, you can be whatever you want. And instead it was like, Hey, if you believe hard enough, sometimes you're still not gonna get that dream because you're not meant for that. And you might find something else that you're really good at and you'll find a lot of joy in that in your vocation because I'm Lutheran and Martin Luther talks about vocation a lot. So uh I really like that one. Um man i don't know i just i love pixar uh the cars ones aren't necessarily my jam but yeah i would say uh top three off the top of my head i really love ratatouille incredibles and monsters university hmm. so, yeah. oh
0: wow wait am yeah. I am i unmuted you are no we can hear you okay cool um <clears throat> wow monsters university huh you know <laughs>
1: it's not i think as far as quality of film again I, I don't think it's my well i don't think i said this initially to say again uh it's not like my favorite that I think is the best but I felt such a connection to it and I was so pleased to like think oh my god we're gonna be telling kids that it's okay for you to not like achieve your dreams which sounds horrible (laughs) but it's like I always thought that was such a bullshit thing because and this is I I, will probably talk about it when we talk about soul as an artist you know and that constant struggle of being told, if you just believe hard enough, you can do whatever you want. And it's like, but that's not true. Like, that's, that's just not how life works. And sometimes that's not what you're meant for. And so I loved seeing something that was celebrating the idea that you can still find joy and fulfillment in life in a different vocation than you originally thought of. And I, I was like, that's such a healthy thing, I think, to be teaching children and adults. Um, so I don't know. For, for me, that was more thematically. I think as far as the actual quality of the film, it's much, much lower down um the toy stories would probably be above it um I don't know I mean Wally's beautiful but you know if I thought harder about it I could probably list more that would be above it but as far as thematically Monsters University has a really really special place in my heart because I felt like I went through that um as a somebody who wanted to be an actor at one point and then was like I don't think this is for me but I found a lot of joy and fulfillment in the other vocation that I chose so
0: yeah Cool. Um we'll go Corey and then Mike and I'm gonna use the restroom and if I'm not back by the time that's done, uh vamp.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're good at we're good at vamping. Perfect. That's interesting, Missy. I like hearing people's reasons behind this. In the the episode we mentioned at the beginning, like the, the before and after show one, that was one of the like going through all of the films, but also like we gave our like our I think we did our top five and then we also like had a whole debate about like Pixar's like most ambitious film, sure, so so it's just i I always enjoy hearing people say that. I think just shooting from the hip for me, um and there's so many that I feel like I forget, right, but i think i I think like if I'm just going like I'd say probably my top three that I connect with and I think are some of Pixar's best quality, probably inside out. Nice. I. It's so. It's hard it, off the top of your it's head. It's so. It's so hard. <laughs> I mean, like Inside Out is one I just really connected with. So, I'll say Inside sure. Out. Up is another one that I oh. really, I really, like. I just think it's super well done. I, mm-hmm. I connect to that a lot. And then, like, I'm. It's it. It's so hard to choose right now. Um. And I don't know if it's just, like I'm gonna say like what I've seen recently, but. Sure. <clears throat> Uh, I, I don't know. So inside out, up. Uh, I'll just, it, it, I feel like it changes week to week. I'll say Coco for the third spot. Oh, my
1: gosh. Okay. All right. Hold on. I have to change. My I know. See, that's my why all favorite. Oh, that's, my gosh.
2: That's why I'm like, I'm like, okay, so I'll I'll, I'll throw it back to you. I
1: know. <laughs> oh, man. I forgot about Coco. Coco is so freaking good. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm like, first of all, you're just naming the ones that make me cry, which I'm assuming you were like, let me think of which ones make Missy cry the most. That's what I'm going to listen to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, oh my gosh, Coco. Apart from the, so I feel like, I mean, growing up in Southern California, I feel like Mexican culture is so ingrained within our culture that it's just a part of California culture. And so it was so cool to see that depicted because I don't think that's done a lot. And oh my gosh, did I cry so hard at the end when he's singing with his grandmother. And it's just, oh, so, so beautiful. I mean- soul i think uh, is also like we're just seeing the height of of animation and what they're capable of but i know coco was so stunning to watch yeah um just so well done the music was so good i love that they had the whole other cast do it entirely in spanish um it's oh my gosh so much about it so great sorry totally interrupted no it's great
2: those are those (laughs) are all things that that i would agree with and um you know my mom is mexican and so all my family in california um It was like watching that film. There was just a lot of stuff I could relate to, and it felt like they really did a great job of like putting the story in there, but like also still telling a really good story that just had like like it had elements of Mexican culture, and yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was so beautiful. And then like the other ones, like I said, like Up is just it's a great one. Mm -hmm. I think for me, Inside Out, like I really enjoyed it just because the the level of like animation was amazing sure i thought the storytelling was great but i loved more than that i loved all of the like you know i read a whole bunch of stuff after i saw the movie because i was just kind of floored by the whole concept but they got a lot of different like psychologists and child development people to consult with them on that and so just all of the things and like my wife um you know, previously used to work at a preschool, so she knows a lot about child development. So even having yeah. her perspective, like telling me all these things about like, oh yeah, like, you know, a child processes emotions differently than like a teenager and like how sure. there's all this stuff about like, how the, the basically the two storylines parallel each other and there's the different things happening. There's just so much in that film that I think, like, I just, I don't know, it just, it's incredible, but then it still is able to have that, like, emotional, like, gut punch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it was just something that, like, really clicked, like, for me. And I think, you know, we'll probably talk about this, but I feel like Pixar never does a great job, like, cutting their trailers. Like, half the time I see trailers <laughs> yeah. for their films and I'm like... <laughs> what is this even about or it's like I have (coughs) no desire like I remember seeing a trailer for Inside Out and they cut the weirdest scene like they cut like the dinner table scene for the trailer Mm -hmm. and I'm just like what is this this looks terrible so I remember going (laughs) to the theater and like having like really low expectation I mean like I was like it's Pixar so it'll probably be fine but you know it's like they they have a handful of stuff that's like it's just fine but like right. I just remember like as the movie was happening being like oh my gosh oh my god like this is amazing and then walking out of there just being like wow that <laughs> that that was incredible so yeah so I would say those are my top three currently it's subject to change I know sure. I've probably upset a lot of people because I didn't including any of the Toy Stories or you know like finding Nemo or Monster's Inc or, or you know Ratatouille, or Ratatouille, Ratatouille. Favorite. <laughs> or Wall-E you know I will yeah. I will I will still fight and say I think that's one of the most ambitious films that they've ever oh, made yes. but like I yeah it's incredible I didn't it's say beautiful. that it's it's so hard it's so hard so anyway yeah. uh, Mike
3: okay so um I am not the world's biggest fan of Pixar, but then listening to your guys' picks, I have to say there's probably like four or five of them that are pretty good. Um, so I would say Inside It Out is legit like a masterpiece. Um, mm-hmm. By far my favorite of any of them mm-hmm. uh, for all the reasons that Corey stated. Um, but it also kind of hit me at the right time and place it kind of dealt with, uh, I don't want to say depression, not that I have depression, but it was... I was in a bad place with my job and not enjoying it um, my previous job. And so I think that that one um, really hit like the sweet spot for me at that time. And I think that, um, you know, one thing that Pixar does really well is generally depicting like the other world or other side of things that are unseen. So, you know, we got Mm -hmm. toy story, which is like your toys are alive. And then, you know, your emotions are this and, you know, like Less so with the current movie that we're about to talk about. Um, but <laughs> um, I, I think um, you know, Inside Out did a really good job depicting what your emotions feel like. Um, after that, you know, I think Wall-E was is really good, especially the first 30 minutes where they're not talking, and it kind of <laughs> just becomes um, like random kids adventure movie. Um, a little bit after that, but I'd say that those 30 minutes kind of like impactful enough to carry with me and sure. for my goodwill throughout the rest of it. And I really enjoyed that one. Um, Ratatouille is really good. I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I do remember um, it kind of impacting um, me quite a bit and it kind of speaks a little bit to criticism and critics and oh, yeah. joy mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing, which is something that we um, as all members of a very critical sometimes podcast could appreciate. I don't know
4: what um, you're talking about.
3: <laughs> that <doesn't sound> like <laughs> us at all. and then it's you know so i would, good. Everyone I would say it. the first toy story and the third toy story were also mm. pretty good um but it's been a while since i've seen both of them so that would be like my top five
0: yeah uh, man missy you took the words out of my mouth coco's like my favorite pixar Yay. movie and it's kind of not close after like is a movie that, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is one of the best animated movies I think I've ever sure. seen. Like, it's so good. And then also, I saw it with my mom and my niece and my nephew, and so they were seeing it with their grandma, and um, my aunt had just died, uh, so I'm also half Mexican, much like you, Corey. So uh, the what I will say, my family, the, the Mexican half of my family, doesn't super go all in on the like the De Los Martos stuff, so... I'm not as familiar with that tradition as a lot of like Mexican families are. Um, It was nothing that it was never something that we really did in uh, anyone's household growing Mm up um, outside of just like, there's like a cursory acknowledgement of it when it's that season, but it was never something that we celebrated the way a lot of like very traditional Mexican families do. So I didn't have that big of an emotional connection to it. That said I did because once again, my aunt had just passed away. And also I think, you know my parents are getting older and my mom's getting older and for her a lot of her siblings are not around anymore and so um I think that really affected her and like to the point where we all got done with it and everyone was just crying like everyone was just like Mm -hmm. I think we were all thinking Mm -hmm. about like the people we close to we are close to who are elderly Mexican women dying who was my mom (laughs) um and uh also, the music in that is so good. Yes, the, it, uh, is. yes there are it is. Yes, it's there's so many good songs in Coco. And I think the so, stories so I think the story's super cool, like the the mm-hmm. him going to meet, you know, the guy that he thinks is his dad and finding out he sucks. <laughs> um <Yeah. laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it does it in a really like careful way that's really nice of like uh I don't think it's like a kill your heroes type of way, but it's just like, hey, maybe look closer. And your life for that, you know, like mm-hmm. find that, find that not be happy where you are necessarily because he still finds a way to pursue music and stuff. But just yeah. like, hey, like l- look, look around and like understand that you like you do have people to look up to who aren't these like weird third parties. Which I think you know, Coco's on the precipice of teenhood. Um, the character or not Coco, uh, Miguel, Miguel. um, is mm-hmm. on the the precipice of teenhood, and so, um. You know, I think that's an important lesson for people entering that stage of life to understand. Um, so, yeah, Coco is, I mean, head and shoulders to me above the, the rest. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys are making a very and Corey does this every time he's on to talk about Pixar. I am not the huge <laughs> inside out fan. It's
1: fine to me. I, I don't know
4: um
0: that's
1: fine i'm in a similar boat mj i i appreciate it for what it did especially in trying to talk about mental health and being okay with being sad mm-hmm. For because again i'm I'm thinking in terms of like what are we teaching our kids when they watch this and also i mean obviously thematically for us adults that watch it but it's it's not my favorite favorite um but i i understand and i appreciate why it might be for other people so i, yes. I kind of feel the same way mj
0: also Corey, i cannot imagine what sitting in a theater would be like watching inside out, and being like, uh, this doesn't look great, and then having to sit through lava beforehand.
1: <gasps> yeah, yeah. I sobbed <laughs> so hard during lava, oh my gosh. Oh, it's so bad! <laughs> what? Get MJ, first Mary Poppins, That's, then maybe lava. Maybe
0: I fix our shores.
1: Don't ever talk to me again. In this Missy podcast, is, you Missy can is, talk to... Missy
2: is done with MJ. <laughs> talk to Corey or Michael, and they can relay what you're saying to me, because I'm not listening. to <laughs> <you> ever <get>. again. <laughs>
0: It's so cute. Ugh, it's very annoying to me. You're annoying. <laughs> I don't mean that. But, uh, shots, shots fired. But the. uh Gosh, dang it. it. in the head by a horse as a youth. Um, Shush.
1: That's my line. <laughs>
0: uh, anyway. Anyway. Oh, Wally. So, Wally, I have seen maybe the most recently besides like Soul um, on here. And I had this realization when I watched Wally. And that's the. That, this is going to sound really strange. I think we kind of take Pixar for granted a little bit. Um, I know they're like a massive, massively popular thing, but their output lately Coco accepted.
2: Eh.
0: Um, and yes. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah.
2: I would agree with that.
0: And as such, I think, we can kind of feel like pixar might be a little overrated um and i think there are certain sections of uh the culture who might overrate them but i like watching wally recently that thing holds up it still looks amazing it still sounds amazing um the sound design in that movie is phenomenal yeah Um, i think the story it tells is still super great i think the cast is really good um then I think it just like it asks a lot of its you know relatively young audience for yeah being silent for that thirty minutes, but it's so compelling and 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 good. And I even like the adventure, the space adventure part um, too. I think there's super funny jokes in it. Um, I think Wally's super adorable, um, and like mm-hmm. the little cleanup OCD robot is great. Mo, uh, and yeah, so I think I think we just I don't know. I think that made me realize, like, oh, wow, I feel like we just, like, there was a certain period of Pixar where we were just like, okay, yeah, file it under Masterpiece and move on, but, like, right. going back and revisiting them, you know, 10, 12 years later, those things are legitimately great films that hold up, you yeah. know, like, um, and uh, so that said, uh, I don't know if I have a top three, necessarily. I really like Toy Story 3 a lot. Once again, movie I saw with my mother. Um mm. as I was getting ready to like move out. Not really. I oh, moved out for yeah. two more years after that. But um, you know, I was an adult and and I'd grown up watching Toy Story. Mm. I had the first one on VHS, and so it was on a lot um growing up, and, and so, you know, I think that, that movie kind of hit us pretty hard to um, sure. up. Yeah. I mean, up, so up is one that I feel like the hour and 30 minutes after the first 10 minutes is maybe not as good as I think it is I really liked it when it came out but I have this nagging suspicion that it might be a little long in the tooth um but that said I had to watch just the opening sequence and we all know the opening sequence are up oh uh, gosh for my class last semester <sighs> oh ah man yeah. it's different as a husband as someone who has grown oh. up and married it's yeah. kind yeah. of a lot <laughs> it's it's uh you know it was already very affecting but it, yeah, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just talking about it right now and thinking about it it's it's kind of rough. yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I
1: rewatched it semi-recently and um I had been cooking dinner at the time and my my boyfriend walked in and he will joke when I'm cutting onions like oh stop crying and he came in, like, "Oh my God, you're actually crying. Are you okay?" And I was like, "I'm just watching the first Up. ten minutes of Up." I was like, "I forgot there was a miscarriage in addition to her dying," and it was yeah. just like, "Oh my gosh, it was so awful. It's so rough." Yeah. And oh my God.
2: I mean, I think yeah. that's a, I think that's a testament to the strength of Pixar's films. Like we all know, it's sure. like you know they're for everybody, but it's like they're for kids and adults. And I think that MJ, like you said, you can watch Up now in a different stage of your life, and it just it hits you differently, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, yeah, and then, like, a lot of the like Incredibles I'm not super high on, but that soundtrack, that score is so good. Um,
2: the first one's great. Eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's a
0: damn sight better than the second one. The second uh, one
2: is uh, not good. Yeah, no. the second
0: one's not good. I'm weirdly... I like Cars a lot. I'm kind
1: of a Cars apologist. Uh, Um, Because you're a boy. All right, let's hear it. What
2: what is so good about about Cars that drive fast? I think Cars (laughs) 1. Sorry, man. I I really don't like Cars. Really? I don't either. Cars 2 is maybe the
0: worst
1: Pixar
2: movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. Cars 2 is awful. I
1: never
0: finished.
1: Wait, is it worse than Cars 3? Yeah, oh, wait, I've oh, never yeah. seen Cars 3, so I really I kind don't know. I like
0: Cars 3 a little bit.
2: Cars 3 is a little bit better than Cars yeah. 2. Which Cars
0: is, has like a Kane. fun Rocky vibe to it. Um, yeah.
2: Is that the Michael so... Kelly
0: one? <laughs> it's a tried and true. Cars 3 is like a tried and true old man, like Rocky type formula, but I like it because of that. Like it leans into that. And Cars, I think it leans into um, like a fun uh, slice of like 50s and 60s Americana that is kind of forgotten that we don't really like tell a lot of stories about anymore. And um, just kind of seeing like the, the outskirts of that, uh, like our world, right. Quote unquote. Um, But obviously with sentient cars, Uh, but it takes place on the very real route 66. Um, And uh, I don't know. I like that. It made me, Maybe like because Radiator Springs reminds me like a little bit of Bakersfield. Like, if you see old pictures of Bakersfield, it kind of looks similar. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I like that kind of getting back to your roots and, and find, f- finding out who you are type of story. I mean, it's not like an incredible movie, but I'm I, I like it. Incredible. I don't know. It was. It was maybe it's also because I didn't expect much out of it, Um, and then when I saw it, I was like, "Hey, that was pretty good, a pretty good time um, with it." Also, because there's
1: the car Pope, and there's the expectation that there's also a car Christ.
0: Let's talk about Soul. Yeah. Great segue. Uh, Yep. Yeah. Uh, Also, uh, speaking of, a lot of us named movies, uh, by Pete Doctor being in our top three favorite pixar films yeah and he directed this so there was a lot of uh you know a lot of, there was a good pedigree behind this film and it's a movie that came out i actually didn't see a trailer we'll get more into this later i didn't watch a trailer for the movie before i saw it so i had no idea what it was about except mm-hmm. the vaguest idea that it was about a jazz musician like i i knew that i didn't know who was in it so i got to play a fun guessing game of like who's that voice
1: right uh, <laughs>
0: holy crap was T- the exact same way um
1: Like right and... before watching it, I'm asking Jordan. I was like, I have no idea what this is about. And I think Corey, you brought that up with the trailer. Yeah, it's I. Pixar does not do a good job of no, what No, they always the cut their are
2: trailers are so bad.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's just like jokes. It's like, oh, what'll like make them laugh and bring them in. It's like, but I don't know what the movie's about. <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. So Soul is available on Disney Plus for free. It came out on Christmas Day. Um. It was obviously destined to be a uh, theatrical release, but then the pandemic hit. And so they put it up to compete with Wonder Woman 84. Uh, what I will say before I get into my feelings about Soul, which are mixed, it's much better than Wonder Woman 84. So uh, do with that what you will. If you're going to choose something to watch with your family, this will <laughs> that for sure. Um, but it follows Joe Gardner, who is a middle school um, music teacher who is offered in New York City. And he's offered a permanent position, but he's also trying to pursue the goal of becoming a professional touring jazz musician. He's a piano player and, uh, not quite having the easiest time getting that off the ground and his mother and her friends. And, um, are they established as like his extended family or are they just like the ladies that work with his mom?
2: I think just the ladies think... that work with. Yeah. His mom. That's, oh, okay. that's what I got. Uh,
0: so they're like kind of on him about like, when is he going to grow up and settle down and all this stuff? Well, he's, you know, when's he going to give up his dream or whatever. And, um, so then he uh he auditions for a musician who's in town touring that night because they need a piano player and he gets the job and then he falls into a manhole and dies and uh I did not know that was going to happen so then he shows up <laughs> in uh in like a conveyor belt to a place called the the great beyond um and
1: or he's like on he's on his way to the great beyond. Yeah, he's on
0: his way to the great beyond, but he's on this yeah. conveyor belt that's leading him to that. He they does not to want them. to have been dead, so he tries to escape and successfully escapes to a place called the great before, which is where souls go before they go to Earth. Um, and he is mistaken as a mentor soul, and uh, what happens is that souls get mentors, and they 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 under the tutelage of them they find their spark, which is kind of like their reason for living basically like their their passion or whatever um it's more complicated than that but for the sake of this uh synopsis we'll get into it later um and he's given a very difficult soul named soul 22 who has been there since basically the beginning and is content to just hang out in the gray before and not go to earth um because they're scared and uh then they get sent to earth and uh 22 ends up in Joe's body and Joe's soul ends up in the body of a cat that was sleeping on him while he was in his coma. And they have an adventure there and uh, they have to go back so that he can get back to his body. And uh, they end up going back to the soul realm. 22 sad for reasons we'll get into later. And then they resolve all that and 22 goes onto Earth to live out a happy life. And then uh, Joe is on his way to the great beyond and then the people uh, in charge of that whole thing say that, hey, you did a good job showing 22, her spark, so you get to go back to Earth. And instead of learning anything, he says, okay, and goes back to Earth. Um, but let me not uh, spoil how I feel about the film. Uh, <laughs> so that's Soul. Does anyone want to start the conversation on Soul? Mike, I think I you Corey should go.
4: First.
3: Oh. oh. Dang it. No, Corey. Corey, you <laughs> Corey, go first. You're the, you're, you're the guest. Guest of honor.
2: And the last staffer. The last staffer, yeah. He's getting paid <laughs> apparently, so <laughs> you No, know, the ground level. Um so I feel like I have a lot of mixed feelings about this movie. Um and so maybe maybe even doing this podcast, you guys can help me process some of it. I will say that I liked it but I didn't love it. And I can see from a story and thematic um, point of view, I can see a lot of the big things that soul is trying to tackle. And I applaud it for that. Um, There's a lot of the big existential questions. I think that soul leans into uh, more so than any other Pixar movie, I would argue. And there's this, there's just some choices in the storytelling. And for me, particularly how the film chooses to resolve that. I think honestly, for me, kind of like weaken like the rest of the story. Um, So, I mean, I guess it, this, the big thing is like, I thought the ending for me, it just, it didn't feel satisfying. It, it felt like as I was watching soul, I was like, okay, like I like this. I want to like this more. And I felt like I could watch and see it's like, okay, so at this point, I'm supposed to be feeling some of these things. Like, you know, like when you're watching a film and you're like, okay, this is a moment where it's like I should be crying or I should be feeling like really sorry for this character, or whatever. I felt like I could see those moments passing me by as I watched Soul. And I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't feel those the way that I think they want me to feel them. And so yeah. then that compounded with the fact that when you get to the end and the resolution for me just didn't feel like what I wanted. Like it didn't feel like, oh yes, like that big, like, here we are, we get to it. It just felt like, I thought I thought the film would have been stronger for all the themes and the lessons and the character development if Joe had chosen to like move on, to go to the great mm-hmm. beyond. Hmm. Um, so the fact that he didn't, is like, uh, and, and I get sometimes like it was trying to equate it to like, you know, sometimes life gives you a second chance or like, you know, a near death experience. Like I get that argument, but I just I felt like the story didn't necessarily build it to that. And so even like that and when you see him in that last scene, even like what he says, I don't feel like that line is <laughs> very satisfactory to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I don't know. There's just a lot of ways in my mind. I feel like you could have had a stronger ending for the film. Like maybe Joe goes to the great beyond and maybe we see a glimpse of like what happened to 22. There doesn't even need to be any dialogue, but maybe we see. Mm-hmm. Or I also thought like, okay, if Joe is going to live, if he's going to come back, maybe we could just do a random time skip into the future where somehow maybe their paths cross and like they don't say anything and they don't necessarily know. But you know, like I don't know. Maybe he's still teaching in the school or so like he cho- he chooses to do that and like she's one of his students or something i don't know but it just the ending it, it just it didn't stick the landing for me and so i just feel like that upends all the rest of the film and again it was really trying to tackle these heavy existential questions and i'm like i applaud it for that like i'm a person like i love i love to talk deep things like theology and existential stuff and philosophy. like i like I like talking that stuff, but I just feel like the film, it it just wasn't able to, like I feel like, handle the weight of that in the end, so. <laughs>
3: yeah, well said. Um,
2: I basically
3: echo everything that you're saying, Corey, and especially in regards to the themes, um, and we can go into them maybe a little bit more later. In fact, there's an article I want to read you um, that I think um, kind of sums up my feelings, and I want to get your guys' reaction to it. But um, I think it's very conf- confused thematically, and um, beyond even that, just like the narrative structure of it, I think is a little confused and jumbled, and feels like it's several ideas cobbled together, and they don't quite fit. And uh, I, I think that a lot of the movie gets totally derailed by the body swapping hijink mm-hmm. portion of the film it doesn't seem to really fit with kind of the rest of the movie or the tone of it and uh, i think that the movie kind of loses its way and i i'm very conflicted because i like some of what they're trying to say with even that section of the movie and maybe sometimes somewhat the ultimate theme of the movie which <laughs> i mean i I guess one thing that you can take away from it is, is that like your profession or like that great work or your magnum opus or whatever is not like the sum total of who you are. You're mm-hmm. more than that. And that's certainly something that I can appreciate. Um, And I think that maybe more of us should try to walk away with, but then it gets so cluttered by so much other stuff that I, I think that like that it's not, it doesn't come out as clearly as I think it, it's intended to. And then finally, um, I think it just kind of misses some easy layups. And I know maybe part of the movie isn't about like necessarily um, finding that one calling or that one thing you're meant to do. But uh, I think that it's like it's hinting around this idea that Joe does have an impact on other people's lives and is influencing people in a good way and that is like a contribution and something that he should maybe not think as as a calling or the one thing he's supposed to do but certainly is like a good thing like the way he helps out the kids or mm-hmm. the way he helps 22 out and that you know he he should be one of those people in the great before helping people find their spark he deserves to be there alongside you know the mother teresa's and everybody else just as much as you know even if he's not maybe perhaps a great historical figure or something like that um but then the movie doesn't like really touch on the fact that he's helping out the kids in school like that that isn't something that gives him purpose or drive or any sort of like special meaning and i just find like it's really the the i come away feeling like the the themes are like pure selfishness that it really isn't about like <laughs> helping people like that, that there's no good in what he did that like the movie seems to reflect on with any amount of time and uh it, it comes I come across or come away feeling that joe's a very selfish self-centered character and that the ultimate theme of the movie is very self-centered and um singular in its focus which is that it's like about you that life is about you like it, you experiencing things and that's it and i just think it's a really nihilistic poor way to view like the purpose of one's life and you know i think that we all have christian backgrounds coming into this podcast and we should touch on that probably later but i think it's a really depressing way of like viewing life and i mean while tackling a big subject matter is important I i can't really applaud the conclusion that they come to um and then just one last thing to touch on is I think the movie's really um has a significant dearth of endearing uh, likable characters like I think that there's just so many other great Pixar films have these like kind of memorable one-off or side characters or whatever and and this movie just doesn't have that it's just so Joe and 22 focus that almost nothing else like really sticks to me and I just think that there's like a a paucity of memorable characters in this that like will stick with you. And there's more I can say, but I'll, I'll just stop there. I really did not enjoy this movie, to be honest. Uh
0: I'll go before Missy because she has notes and so it's gonna make me sound dumb. But uh <laughs> weird movie. Weird movie with a bad ending and a great score.
2: Yeah, the jazz is
0: great. All
1: right, here I go. <laughs>
0: No, go for it. Go for it today. Uh yeah. Uh, ugh, um, <laughs> not great. Uh it was fine, and then the more I thought about it, it was less fine. It was a weird thing. Like I, I the end really yeah. is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um he like that movie ended it's christmas night the movie <laughs> ended and i just like snapped my finger and moved my like swung my fist across my chest and was like ah oh, they were almost there but uh <laughs> nope nope the guy should have died Uh, (laughs) weird thing to say about that movie but that dude should have died like yeah it completely cuts itself off at the knees because of reasons that I'm not entirely clear on and it gives him like I don't know it just gives him another chance at life for to me seemingly no reason because there's a much more satisfying end in him accepting the inevitability Mm -hmm. of death like as someone who myself am kind of terrified of dying um, <laughs> i think it would have been very like beneficial to see a character who accepts it you know willingly it, like that's the journey he goes on right he does not want to be dead so the logical conclusion point for him is to accept that he is dead um mm-hmm. and then the movie doesn't do that for I, I for no real discernible reason and i do want to touch on the religion thing after missy goes because i think that has something to do with it, but I don't understand why. Um, that said, uh, there's moments of great music in it. The Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross team is kind of undefeated still, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, there's as far as memorable characters go, like they're not in it enough. That yeah. barber guy is great. Like all the characters in the barber shop are great. Like yeah. Yeah. I really like them, but they have one scene. All the Jerry's are great. I loved, like, um, all of them. But th- they don't do a whole lot.
4: Right.
0: Uh, and so they don't really stick in the memory. I like that they had a British guy who wasn't James Corden. But the character, <laughs> like, the thing that made him memorable is that he was not James Corden. Like, I know it was Grand Maroon. for it. Jones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Butterball Stevenson cakes. Um, <laughs> uh... Yeah, it's fine but like aggressively so i like that felicia rashad was in it i love felicia rashad so anytime she shows up and stuff like when she started talking i was like hey felicia rashad's in this dope like i'm i'm into this uh but yeah it's uh not my favorite not my favorite thing that's all missy go ahead
1: okay i'm excited because like i i've seen it twice too i have And I liked it better the second time. Um, Mm -hmm. I liked it more than I think any of you guys, which is fine. Um, But I don't, I don't love it. Uh, I totally agree. I think the ending was just like a total, like if you've ever watched hurdles and track and field, it's just like you're in first place and then you tripped over that last hurdle and then just sat on the ground and then watched everybody pass you. So it truly, I think they set up a lot of really what could have been really potentially really beautiful things and then just kind of drop the ball there's a lot about this movie that I do really like um, I mean obviously we you guys talked about the score and touched on that that was beautiful I think I truly I think every other minute I was like the animation in this is incredible like I mean because obviously this is the most recent Pixar we've been able to see and it's just so especially watching um, as a pianist watching his fingers on there mm-hmm, I was like oh my yeah. god who would have thought that We'd ever be able to see this type of thing like not happening in real life because it looked like real life, like so much of it. Yeah, like the
3: jazz scene, you know, midway through the movie is incredible
4: looking, yeah, without a doubt.
1: The animation was incredible. I I think, (laughs) I think Jamie Foxx needs to do more voice acting, uh, as an actor. I think that's you know, it's more suited to him, um, you know, but yeah, I, I like there was a lot that resonated with me both as an artist, um. Who's, who's gone through some of the struggles that Joe was feeling, especially in the beginning and having parents who, you know, want to support you, but also, you know, are afraid of you following your dream and failing and then having nothing. So like that, that stuff really struck home. And then again, as a, a pianist, that was like something I was really feeling the whole time. Um, but it's funny because you guys were talking a lot about how the, the theme of it being kind of like this acceptance of death. But for me, um, what really struck me was again the vocation thing so for and i think they talk about it with like the analogy of the fish thinking yeah. that it's it wants water right but it's That's or it a wants great to be in the ocean. Scene. yeah oh yeah totally mm-hmm. when it's yeah so it, if you guys haven't seen it which i'm sure you have because why would you listen to the podcast but yeah <laughs> the, the the fish who's saying i want to be in the ocean and the other fish is like you are in the ocean and it's like no i'm just in water so you know the idea of of wanting something bigger and not being content in your own vocation without realizing that you're already kind of Receiving United. the fulfillment yes. and the joy, yeah, that you you are desiring. And so for me, it was like I was I was so excited because oh, that's such a cool thing to teach people that your your desire again with the, it's the same reason I like Monsters University that your desires and your dreams aren't who you are. Your vocation, and especially as a Christian, because I know we're gonna delve into the theological stuff with this, our purpose is to love God and to love one another. Like we, and that's what we're called to do is to just love people in whatever vocation we've been put in. And so watching it, I was like, oh, that's so cool because like they're being, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're not purposely doing it, but they're kind of sneakily and unintentionally being very theological because he's realizing that his purpose wasn't to be a pianist. It was to help 22. And that's what he did. And that was his. that's, you know, what he was very good at. And so I would have loved again also that he, if he would have died. Um, you know, knowing that his vocation wasn't what he thought it needed to be. It wasn't to be a jazz pianist. It was to help this poor lost soul and to find fulfillment in that and seeing, oh, my vocation wasn't what I thought it needed to be. It wasn't this spark or it wasn't this thing that brings me joy. It was this thing that I was actually placed on earth or in the, you know, great beyond or before to do. And so, yeah, I think he totally, you know, screwed the pooch or however you want to say it on that one by putting him back on earth. He was like, all right, back to being a jazz pianist. And I'm like, all right. Um, yeah, other stuff that I really liked, we we can talk about and go into, but there was a lot that I really liked about it. I did like it more on the second viewing, but I totally agree. The ending, uh, the ending screwed it over. I agree that the characters weren't as memorable. Um, the, the body switching thing was, was interesting, but yeah, it's, I don't know. So I'm of two minds. It's like a solid, like C plus B minus for me. There's a lot that I enjoyed, but there's a lot that I know they did really badly. So I don't know. That's kind of where I am with this.
0: Yeah, um, I do like the thing that we touched on about like your vocation isn't always your thing. So, uh, well, <laughs> well, uh, no, there's no easy way to say this. So sorry if it sounds like I'm shitting on teachers because it's going to sound like I'm shitting on teachers. I told you there was a teacher. Oh, wait,
1: hold on. Um, <laughs> hey, you know what one of my rewind. least
0: favorite things to do is?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Hang out with a bunch of teachers.
4: I like your wife. <laughs>
0: i hate it (laughs) because i don't know if you guys have ever hung out with almost exclusively teachers do you know what teachers love to do not shut up about teaching hey that's Uh, only sometimes true it's only when they're around each other i have wonderful interactions with teachers one-on-one And then anytime wherever three or more are gathered.
2: (laughs) Nope. So I know that this was a very random tangent about (laughs) teaching, like kind of related. But I wanted to (laughs) say some things in response to what Missy was talking about, like some of the things that you related to and you liked, and like you watching the movie a second time, like the the whole vocation thing and like the spark thing and whatever. And and there was elements and that I related to this film too. It's like, you know, like I'm a musician and I mm-hmm. and I think you get I think you get it. Like anyone creative, you kind of walk this line of like, can I do this creative thing? And like, you know, can that be the thing I do fully or sure. you know, do I have to get a real job, you know, quote unquote. Right. Like what Joe is having. So it's like I I understand that and mm-hmm. I like that. And I I think there was a lot of those things I could appreciate and even like when they were in the whatever it was, like, in the zone, zone Mm -hmm. thing or whatever, Uh, and, like, you know, the concept of, like, people who get in the zone, but then they, they get so focused on that thing, so they, like, detach from reality, and they forget their reason for living. There was a lot of those things that I really appreciated, and, like, I, I connected with, but again, I think because there was so many of those, because it's, like, you have, You have that kind of idea. You have the idea of, like, vocation. You have those moments of, like, when he gets what he wants, but it's not really fulfilling. Mm -hmm. You have, like, the, you know, the whole talk about what is your spark. And then, like, Mm -hmm. at the end when the Jerrys tell him, oh, like, you humans confuse that a lot. Like, your spark isn't necessarily, like, you know, your purpose for living. Like, there was was so many, like, good things, but, like, Mm -hmm. they were so unfocused that it's, like, trying to draw... Uh, like one central theme, or like one big idea, or even like I, I would give them two, but like there were so many things that mm-hmm. like when you get to the end of the movie, that like it feels like they don't they don't go anywhere. They, they just feel yeah, like yeah. they're they they they're left they're left off in like the ether. Which I know some people I've I've read some stuff like that arguing it's like that is the point, but. It feels it, I don't know, it for me it just kind of feels sloppy because there's stuff that I'm like there's really good things here and I feel like there's things that could have been tied up to like really like make those themes like, you know, more more obvious or like to really put like a, you know, like a period at the end of that sentence. So, right. uh, all of yeah. that to say it's like I all the stuff that you were saying that you really enjoyed and connected with, it's like, oh yeah, those were things I enjoyed and connected with too, but I just feel like the, the whole story structure and the way things were presented, like so many different things that like, Mm -hmm. I just feel like didn't connect, even though like I wanted them to connect, but you know, and so, I mean, and that's even like, apart from the, the other theme running through, like the vocation and your spark and then like the whole thing with 22 and it's like, okay, like understanding, like, what does it mean to live and all like, Mm -hmm. so there's just a lot, um, Mm-hmm. So that's why yeah. I'm like, I wanted to like this movie more than I did, because. Yeah.
1: No, that's, just... that's fair. Well, I mean,
3: I... I think that, like, Corey, when you go and lay out, like, some of the statements, like, you know, you humans go and confuse, like, your spark with, like, you know, what you're meant to do and all that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. all that stuff, like, sounds really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The story is not structured in a way to go and support those themes beyond like the good statement that's being yeah. made. And, uh, you know, I think like any good story, like you, if you're writing a uh, thesis, for example, you have supporting paragraphs yeah. that right, buttress right. the thesis. But what this movie is like is they'll spend paragraphs talking about oranges and then the conclusions like and apples are delicious And so I'm like, Hmm. well, yeah, like that, that's a good point. Yep. And I'm like, I agree. Apples are delicious, but then like how does the rest of the supporting paragraph go and support that point? And it it doesn't like quite get there. And I I think that's what the failing of the movie is, is that the rest of the movie doesn't support the points that it's trying to make. And also let's face it, life is very complicated. So tackling the subject of life Mm -hmm. and What you're meant to do with it and your soul in a two hour film is kind of an ambitious concept that is, um, a lot to go and bite off and chew on. And, um, this movie could have benefited from maybe narrowing its focus a little bit because, like, while I like the concept of you know, when you're in the zone, you kind of like go to another plane, I'm not really sure, like, quite how that relates to dying and like you know or, or yeah like, like how does that like relate to like your soul being in the spirit plane with like dead souls or like lost souls it just like it, it doesn't like get tied together very well yeah uh, it's just, like a mm-hmm. bunch of
4: desperate
3: uh, disparate strands that don't weave together into something strong they're just kind of dangling there and yeah
2: I, and I, I totally agree Mike and it was hard for me to watch that like happening and seeing that and like you know to not want to compare this I mean because the most obvious comparison that kept coming to my mind was like Inside Out it was the last movie he directed Mm -hmm. and it's the same type of like you know we talked about giving shape to something that doesn't really you know have shape so it's like we're gonna Mm -hmm. show what emotions look like and so Mm -hmm. it was hard for me to watch Soul when it's like okay they're gonna try to run with that concept again but like Inside Out, you know, whether or not you love the film, it's like you can see from a structural standpoint how they build the story, how like the payoffs for things. When you get to the end of the film, you're like, oh, this was the clear theme. And so it was hard to watch Soul and like not kind of in the back of my mind being like comparing it okay, okay. It yeah like like how yeah. how, are, i don't see that linking but it's like you said it's like yeah like apples are great but like what about oranges they just, yeah they just <laughs> you're, you're there. Talking,
3: yeah you were talking so much about oranges before now what huh
1: so it's been, the way you guys are describing it um so my parents have just recently discovered the great british bake-off um, oh yes so the the analogy that i'm using is instead of it you would think i would do english uh essays and stuff because i'm an english teacher but I was watching it earlier with them and they had to make like a meat pie or something. And, um, you know, there was somebody and they cut it open and you could see it was kind of, I mean, it sounds gross. It was kind of coagulated, though, because everything was kind of stuck together in the pie. It was blending together. It was perfect. They were like, this is great. You, you cooked it well. It's all kind of moist, which I know is not a word people love. And then they cut <laughs> in somebody else's who was it, it was very dry. Um, the ingredients, the fillings were very dry. So everything kind of tumbled out. So like the peas, the meat, everything kind of just spilled out. And and the I think you know Paul called it like bitty, which I thought was weird. But then I was like, oh, I get that. It's like individualized. It's not kind of cohesive as it should be to make this one beautiful flavor. It's just like you know a lot of individual things that I think are really nice flavors, but it's not doing its purpose, which is to make one entire meal. And that's what I kept thinking the whole time you guys were both talking. I was like, yeah, it it was bitty. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't cohesive. It, was it wasn't coagulated. <laughs> And moist and all the other gross words I can think of right now. Um, It was just, you know, kind of dry and individual on its own. So I don't know. I I, yeah, I appreciate your guys perspectives because I fully agree. I think there was a lot that I liked individually. But if we're looking at it as a film, as we should be, it failed in being able to tie any kind of, you know, string between all of that and make it into one big thing
3: yeah i mean one last analogy is this is kind of like a shotgun blast of themes in your face sure <laughs> and, uh, yeah. it's just like oh oh oh, oh yeah and, like, i mean it was it i guess but not as well as they could have yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and there's there's something about that too like a movie it's really hard to make a shaggy movie i think um so this is gonna a be a weird movie? comparison a shaggy movie like it's got like there's 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 like a a, it's like a lot of things at once like there's a lot of oh okay got it like yeah like it's you know and I think there's a way to do it so this is going to be a weird comparison because it's not even kind of the same movie but so I recently got the, the 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 Hitchcock 4k stuff and I've been going through it and they're all very good surprise and it was my first time watching like a concentrated amount of his films after watching the movie Under the Silver Lake with Andrew Garfield um, from the director of It Follows. And it's a movie I really liked, Under the Silver Lake. Hmm. But if you came to me, like if I recommended it to you, it's a movie that I would put a caveat on where I would be like, hey, I think you should watch this movie. But also, if you hate it, don't be mad at me because I'm going to let you know you might hate it
1: um i think that's literally what you said to me when i asked you about that movie
0: yeah because, I, that might be verbatim <laughs> yeah and so the reason i say that is because that movie plays out like every hitchcock convention and movie moment playing out at the same time mm. and i loved it for that but it's also two and a half hours and super bloated and kind of navel gazy which is a little bit the point point. and so if you lock into that you're gonna have a really fun time with the movie, but it's very shaggy. There's a lot happening. A lot of it kind of doesn't make sense. I'm not sure repeated viewings would make it make sense. Mm. So, but it feels kind of by design that way that it's supposed to be a little, a little fatty and like you know just have some 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 threads that like it, it all kind of coheses together even though it's kind of a mess. Right. Like the messiness is the point. Sure. This is messy, but the messiness isn't the point, and mm-hmm. so it just is messy. Um, and so anyway, so also to justify my teacher thing, he's a teacher in the movie, <laughs> and they come talking about putting a lot a, a lot of importance on your vocation, which is what I feel like teachers do that a lot. That was the point anyway, um,
1: so i'm gonna I'm gonna add my astro- and as a teacher. no, uh this is not a teacher. This is as a Lutheran. um. The the thing that I liked about it in thinking about vocation is is the way Martin Luther talks about um, vocations is that it's not your occupation. It's whatever you're put into. So, like, my vocation is not just a teacher. I'm also a daughter. I'm a girlfriend. I'm a podcast co-host. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. You know, all these things. Mm-hmm. And so, like, oh, finding sad. joy and purpose in those, which is what I <laughs> thought it was going for, where it's like your vocation is not just your passion. It's not – your spark is not just your passion. It's not your purpose. It's, you know, finding contentment and joy and sharing love in whatever spot you've been put in. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so, like, theological. But apart from the fact that it was also very unintentionally pro-life by acknowledging that souls do exist in an unborn state. But we, you know, that's whatever the scientific to ignore there. Um, yeah, so I was like, oh, this is going in such a good place. And then it was like, nope, as soon as I'm able, I'm going to ignore this lesson that I've learned. And I'm going to go back to wanting to be a jazz pianist. Yep, which 100%. apparently doesn't bring you so, much joy.
0: So... We've been dancing around the uh, uh, more spiritual aspect of the film, but it's kind of hard to ignore because it's yep. a movie literally about that. Yeah. Um So the movie, I think, kind of rightly for the the type of movie it is, I think something that we can be mature about. And by we, I mean uh, the people having this conversation. The movie's not explicitly Christian.
3: No.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> correct. Uh, It is unintentionally at points and then intentionally not. not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which
0: is fine, by the way. I don't need a movie to reinforce my worldview at every point. Um, And I don't expect a movie like this to do it. Like if you, like, because I've seen some people who are like, Oh, well there's no mention of like Christ in it and it's like did you really think a Disney movie was going to do like what what about this made you think like, Where's that car
1: pope? We need yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like
0: you know they were like, "Oh, I can't believe cuz Pete Doctor is a Christian. He's also Lurch." Um oh. uh, look up a picture of Pete Doctor and you'll see that he's Lurch. I didn't uh, know
1: either of those things. Uh
0: he doesn't play Lurch, but he could.
1: Um, <laughs> oh i thought you were being serious now i'm sad uh no <laughs> he could definitely play like, he, That's
0: he's like six nine or something he's so tall goodness yeah um anyway so i guess he he i don't know enough about this this is just kind of what i've heard secondhand he is or considers himself a christian at the very least mm-hmm. um and uh people were like kind of upset that he didn't lean more into that. And they were like, oh yeah, he had the Disney shackles on him. And it's like, well, he also kind of knew, like, (laughs) I can't just pitch this movie. That's like, and then he meets God at the pearly gates. And there's also like a very literal heaven and hell. And, uh, you know, we also have to introduce the, the Christ story (laughs) into this to make any of this make sense. Like not, not the point of the, by the way, the movie, not specifically tackling any sort of a a, an, uh idea like that um so you know i think the movie has less to say about the afterlife than we expect it to because it takes place mostly in and around the afterlife Um, it has more to say about like living here Mm -hmm. um like while we're alive so all that said i think it, it kind of skirts leaning into any particular faith tradition too heavily in a very good way because i mean if it did lean super heavy into christian stuff it's going to alienate a bunch of other people but if it leaned super heavy into hindu buddhist stuff like it's going to alienate a, a whole other bunch of people like the movie by design needs to not take a hard theological stance yeah. unlike the characters and in monsters inc and cars um, <laughs> but so i'm not super interested in having that discussion because i think it's unfruitful because it's not what's in the movie and i don't need the movie sure. to to yeah. to affirm that worldview. what i will say is that it reminded me a lot of the show the good place once mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. A movie about the show about the afterlife that does not affirm my particular worldview nor do i need it to sure. in that um what happens is uh uh it, the spoilers for the good place that just oily. ended so uh if you guys haven't finished it sorry <laughs> um <laughs> Oh. skip ahead a certain amount of minutes. So what happens <laughs> is they, they make it to the good place and the good place sucks uh, because it's just everything good is happening all the time, always, but there's no real purpose behind it, which in a way illustrates how an afterlife with no God doesn't mm-hmm. really work. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think explicitly the point of the show, but... And, no, but it's and, the
1: inevitable conclusion. Not that I'm is biased as a Christian, but you know, that's yes. what we have without God.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, what they their solution for that is is to make another better place, basically. That's like they call it. I think they call it the Great Beyond on the show. Um. And basically, you get to go to the good place, and as soon as you become disenCHANTed with the good place,
4: mm-hmm. you get
0: to move on to the Great Beyond. And the basically the way the show wraps up is, you just kind of become stuff like you just kind of become part of the the ether or whatever like it shows the characters go and um michael who is ted danson's character who in the show is a demon who basically gets a redemption arc and like learns how to be good and how to be human he gets a life on earth and um it doesn't really lean into reincarnation it's maybe a little bit applied but it also just kind of shows just like people dissipating into the universe yeah. at launch right mm-hmm. um, I think that's a better conclusion than, than what soul does because <laughs> at least it's like it's like a final acceptance of like okay, I've lived life the best I can and i've you know I've learned how to live life the best I can and I've learned how to be the best possible person I can, which is about all you can hope for f- with a show that's produced by a major studio um and as such, I just really think that the the this movie because it also has to apply to kids, just kind of it tries to have its cake and eat it too, and mm-hmm. but also like tries to skirt around the issue of like anything theological, but then also has like these sort of backdoor um, themes uh, that that relate to you know being a person of faith, um, which once again you can do, but it just is kind of sloppy, like it's just. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a mess um, when it didn't have to be. And that's why I think the ending is really frustrating, because I think the reason it doesn't commit to him dying is because they might have been afraid that committing to that commits to a particular, like, faith tradition. And, like, the movie doesn't need to do that. But it really wouldn't have, I think um and i still think it would have gotten the point across of like hey life is what you make it and like appreciate it while you have it because you don't know when it's going to not be here yeah right
1: and
0: that's some and that's a lesson that you need to learn no matter what your faith is so yeah Yeah, yeah.
1: hannah montana taught us that what you make it (laughs) so let's make it rock Um, please don't kick me off the podcast
3: (laughs) getting closer um dang it (laughs) So actually, that, this is like the perfect segue to like uh, this Ross Douthat um, piece that was written. Um, he's like a New York Times writer, uh, like conservative, Catholic. Um, and he was comparing soul to... It's a Wonderful Life, because um, oh. they both kind of are similar in some ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're both um, not good. Yeah. Ooh, MJ, oh, words. stop <laughs>
1: talking, MJ. I like you a lot, and I don't want to dislike you anymore. It's a Wonderful Life is one of my favorite films of all time. Don't ever talk fun. to me again.
2: It's fun okay. fact, fun fact. The first time I watched it, I think I was like twenty. 3 yeah, and I, like, I, I had I had That's like an existential crisis the first time I watched the film. <laughs> I was I had no idea what it was about. And so just like going in, Hannah was like, "Are you okay? <laughs> like, oh, time, no. but...
3: I, I think I'd seen too many like parodies and takeoffs of it. Like, oh, the, it's a Wonderful Life episode of a particular show that sure I, cause like, it's used all the time. It, right? Yes, because yeah, yeah, it's gosh. good sort of. Anyway, um,
1: so <laughs> yeah. oh my god, <clears> not the <throat> point. But I, I yeah, I, there's in one. And shut up. up. <laughs> <laughs> be <laughs> I'm muting around. myself while I cry, and then Mike, when you're done. <laughs> 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 Unmute
3: myself okay mike <laughs> okay so i'm i'm like gonna be skipping around in this so once again to kind of undermine some of my own arguments about like just kind of skipping supporting paragraphs and making a thesis uh forgive me i'm <laughs> maybe undermining some points but um skipping to a, a portion where he goes and says in it's a wonderful life the hero believes his life to have been a failure and what he needs from heaven is instruction on the importance of everything he's done All his specific acts, small and large, that have saved lives and homes and souls, making his life manifestly worth living no matter whether he is enjoying it or not, or even if he's destined for a stint in jail. In Soul, by contrast, Joe needs to recognize that what he merely wanted to do, become a great musician, was less important than what he should be feeling. The delights of a fishing trip, the taste of a pizza slice, the small, simple pleasure of an autumn day, there's a minor nod to the idea that he did good things for kids in his music class, but the major theme is that the point of human existence is the physical experience itself, that the, light, that the enlightened soul is the one who really lives in the moment, embracing the sensory pleasures that are fundamental graces of life. There are certainly people who stand the benefit from the stop and smell the roses message, but as a means of looking at the human life as a species of Eternatus, it's pretty shallow and low stakes. For that, all these souls were sent into the world to discover that food tastes great and it's pretty swell to have a body and keep on going and blah, blah, blah. Um, It goes and talks about how, you know, the souls at the end uh, of their existence in the movie Soul um, may not survive their blinding encounter with the white light. The souls who reach the top of the long escalator make a sound like mosquitoes hitting a bug zapper on a summer night. If that's all how we go out, then it's hard to blame the hero Joe for making a beeline back to his mortal body. Eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow you might burn out like the insect you are. It's the pessimism lurking beneath Pixar's spirituality, the skull behind the new age skin. If the older tradition was somewhat grimmer about the journey of life, but fundamentally optimistic about the destination, the new one has a glib optimism on the surface, but its deeper message is despair. And that, to me, like, I think that, like, that does speak to, like, the fact that this movie, because it doesn't really commit to any sort of, like, worldview about what The Great Beyond is, is, like, really kind of pessimistic and depressing. And that's why we feel like, you know, uh, the movie would maybe be stronger if it chose a different course. I mean, some of you think that, but I actually don't, because I don't think that the view of the afterlife that it goes and presents is anything that's, like, optimistic or good it's all the movie itself is geared toward like he needs to live because whatever is beyond that is is like terrible seeming Mm -hmm. um the movie doesn't present like a good contrast um to that worldview and so i walked away feeling like this movie's like really depressing and like if, if that's like all of what human existence like means, then like, this Mm -hmm. is not like a life that's very fulfilling or worth living. Like Mm. I I don't need to taste things and know that they taste good to like make life worth it. I hope there's something more or greater. And I think that like all of our problems with this movie just kind of come from the sense of at the end of it, like it's, it's really empty the message that it's presenting and not very fulfilling. So anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, I That's think really I'm glad point. you shared that article. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I need to go and send it to you.
1: No, they. I, I'd love to read that. Cause yeah, totally. Cause I think everything that I was saying that I really liked about the themes that I thought were being portrayed, um, you're totally right, are undercut. Because, you know, finding peace and fulfillment in your life is definitely not depicted. We just see somebody who's afraid to die and then is still afraid to die at the end and then just goes back to it. So even if they're trying to say, Hey, your spark's not your purpose in life. That's not it. He still goes right back to it because that's mm-hmm. he still because what we've seen is that you should be fearful of the afterlife, even to the point that we have the little you know uh, money or abacus woman um, whatever who's who's mean and it's like I, I don't know. It's just everything about it. You're you're right. It was very negatively depicted, and and the only thing that was positively depicted was the thing that we were being told the whole movie is not something we should care about, which is focusing on your career focusing on your spark and focusing on that and then we'll just immediately return to it because we're too scared to die so Mm. oh man (laughs) yeah that
2: was very that's very interesting mike like it's kind of yeah that because it didn't lean into any one thing it made the afterlife kind of feel very sterile and because we never got any definition of like what the great beyond is it's just it's kind of like okay well it seems inconsequential at best Mm -hmm. (laughs) and at worst uh terrible you know and so you might just like straight up like be obliviated or something yeah and yeah and and I think that was like one thing watching the film I don't I don't think I like had words to that but I remember like you know when he died because it's so abrupt and it's like okay like I just I did the you know like what we talked about I'm like okay it's probably not gonna lean too heavy into any faith tradition but I kind of suspended my um kind of judgment on like okay are they gonna explain any of the like afterlife system to us at all like give us any picture and so was like okay I'll I'll wait and see and I think because like it didn't really choose to do that a ton or at least like the pieces of like what comes next you know they gave us kind of like uh, the great before and like you know mentors and stuff but yeah, I mean, I think really when you go blow this film out to, like, a macro level and you're like, oh, yeah, so then the best the best thing is, like, enjoy these moments on Earth and, like, live, which is a good sentiment, I guess, but, like, the bigger picture of, like, what is a soul and, you know, yeah. what what were you created for and to do, like, in a, the bigger picture outside of Earth, which is, like... I mean, the movie is talking about, like, there's a bigger world outside of Earth. It doesn't really ever answer that question, you know? Right. And
3: and to me, I feel like the theme that the movie sets up is that, like, life is just about pleasure. Like, the the things that you do and enjoy and consume. And, Mm -hmm. uh, man, like, okay. (laughs) But, I, I mean, that's still presented in the movie as being better than like the nothing existence that happens after you die. So like, yeah. right. man, like, not, so not only is life kind of like low stakes and without purpose or real meaning, but then what happens afterwards is even worse. So I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's why I walked away feeling really weird about it because I didn't feel like very uplifted by the message it was sending ultimately.
1: Well, it kind of reminds me of what, um, like when MJ was bringing up The Good Place and it's like, you know, not to... Obviously, they weren't going to make this into a Judeo-Christian belief or anything like that, but that's, I mean, that's the inevitable conclusion if you're looking at a life without God, because you can only rely on yourself, and every single person on this earth, whether they want to admit that they're good or bad or whatever, knows, you know, the deep-rooted sin that we all have. Like, we're all Mm -hmm. very much aware of our own sin and so if you come at life as most religions do apart from christianity with the idea that you have to work hard enough to earn something i think all of us at our core know that we have never and will never be able to do enough and so it's of course he's scared because that is the inevitable conclusion of a afterlife you're trying to depict without a graceful savior Hmm. and so it's i don't know again it's it's, to me it's like unintentionally pushing a christian agenda where it's like Hmm. this is what it looks like if you if you don't have that that grace that's been extended to you this is what you know and again right. i i i kind of love the the pro-life thing where it's like look at these souls like i mean obviously it's not what it's like beforehand but the mm. idea that souls have an existence before they're born and they even called them unborn souls so it's like i feel like there are a lot of little like unintentional christian things where i was like i don't know if this is purposeful i don't <laughs> think it is but you're actually yeah. really leaning into why like the the really good aspect well i mean i'll aspects of Christianity, in my opinion good. but you know what i mean like you know you're really pushing it like that agenda that this is something that brings a lot of hope and a lot of um you know grace and peace and stuff
4: right
0: um yeah. i actually have a little bit of pushback not a lot um Ooh. well you also article. don't like it's
1: a wonderful life so sure yeah uh <laughs> <I'm not laughs> my hang to up you. with talk that to is that talk to me.
0: uh What took me out of It's a Wonderful Life is when he was like, I'm back from my first year of college, and he was like 38. (laughs) Joke's on you. He
1: was 47 the entire movie. (laughs) Yes, he's Um, very old.
0: Anyway, not not the point. So, uh, one thing, still a kid's movie at the end of the day. Um, (laughs) uh, And so, I think at that point, now we're talking about whether or not the movie should have even been made, which is fair but i think maybe a separate conversation <laughs> um so well, i think no,
3: no, I, I don't know about that i mean I, I i just like i think if you can't deliver or execute your themes because you're afraid of making a stand then maybe you shouldn't make that message or that product or that story i i, I think that that does relate to it in a way um yeah I, that's like, what i was saying yeah but well i just but like I just think that it's probably not um, a story worth telling if you don't have like the guts to, to actually go forward with like the ultimate conclusion of it.
0: Sure. So, okay, hang on. Let me finish the point I was, I was trying to make, because I think it's going to tie into what you just said. I think with him, because he does go back, it doesn't have to. I'm not saying it's good still, because it should have, but with the story they're trying to tell, I don't think they had to flesh out what the great beyond was. And also, because I think they knew pretty early on that he was going to go back, so they didn't need to flesh that out. But Mm -hmm. also, I think we also see that everyone else is kind of willingly willingly going towards the movie like the movie doesn't towards the movie towards the great beyond like there are people trying to convince him to go so it kind of grounds it in that it's a good thing but it doesn't commit beyond that once again because of the faith tradition thing and now we're talking in circles but you know i think there's a little bit in there that shows that like there are people who kind of know i guess like the the older souls or whatever that show like what happens like that they have accepted this and that they're okay with moving on. And we also, I mean, sort of understand that probably they, there is an existence in the great beyond because there are people who have gone to it that are now coming into the great before to mentor the souls. So there is something on the other side of it that then brings them, you know, they don't just uh, uh, disappear, you know?
3: Yeah. I guess To push back on that, though, I mean, those people are the only ones who we tell can tell have like a discernible form that exists after the great beyond. So for everybody else, I mean, it could be like uh, the Greek conception of like what the afterlife was, which is that like the truly great and remembered heroes like retain basically their mortal bodies or Mm -hmm. their appearances. But then everybody else is just like a spirit that doesn't really exist or have form anymore. But, um, beyond that point, I, I think though, when you go and bring up the fact that, like other people are seemingly accepted it, I have a it, it kind of breaks down the whole narrative of the movie when you think about it that way because, you're telling me that like in in this film itself, like Joe is the very first person to have ever like basically escaped and like not want to die. <laughs> like and right. and, and right, yeah. like that everybody else in life has accepted the fact that they're dead and is completely okay with that. Like I just mm-hmm. I think that there's like, so many problems that get brought up by that. Like no one else has died because of an accident and is like, man, I really wish I could live a little bit longer. And <laughs> And like it, it just like breaks down the whole like narrative logic of the film. So I, I understand that like you're, the movie you're trying to say that the movie supports it, but it's doing it through telling. But I think that the actual movie itself is showing a different outcome mm. that like it's kind of bleak that these people just accept it, yeah. and that and that Joe is also the only one who doesn't accept it. And mm-hmm. and I think it's like trying to cover its tracks in a way by having the telling of people are just like okay with it and no one seemingly has ever had a problem with it but the facts of the movie bear themselves out i can't see why millions or if not billions of other souls beforehand have also had the same problem that joe has so Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean maybe that doesn't make like quite sense but i think that it's it's not It doesn't like really make a lot of sense narratively or thematically for me anyway.
0: Well, so the movie doesn't make a lot of sense narratively or thematically because (laughs) I'm glad you brought up shit that breaks down the narrative because so how does Joe not understand that he needs to help people? Yeah. (laughs) So the idea of the great before is that you go and figure out your spark, which is the thing you're meant to do. Then you go live that out on earth, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, Joe has a faulty spark.
1: Like what? Like, th- so that's he goes to Earth. They
2: say it's not the thing that you're supposed to do.
1: Yeah, your spark's not your purpose. You can figure out your spark. They give you like a person. It was very convoluted.
2: Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. what I they don't understand. You figure so, it out, but that's just uh, So like, your <laughs> spark
2: is not your purpose, but it's like what I don't know completes you or you. something, so you can go to Earth. I. It doesn't like it. really yet.
1: it it didn't fit in with the overall theme they were trying to put. <laughs> but there. that's the overall theme that they're trying to go with. Right, like, that's the frustrating right. part
0: to me, is like yeah, it is a little bit about finding your spark. And then they're like, Oh, okay, so your spark is you love jazz music. And he's it's like, so you're gonna pursue that. And then he comes back and he's like, Well, I was pursuing jazz music and I never got anywhere with it, and that's my spark. And they're like, No, it's not, it's something else. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, maybe it's like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so I'm try I'm trying to make sense on their behalf. That your spark is not your purpose. So if your spark is jazz music, he thought that meant he needed to be a jazz musician. When in reality, we're seeing that he's helping children, specifically that little trombonist, mm-hmm. and other people um, find joy in a vocation that's still involving jazz music, but not in the way that he thought. Which ties in with the you're looking for the ocean when in reality you're already there, but yeah. you think it's just water. If that makes sense. So yes. I think it, it, it's convoluted and I totally agree. Cause when you were first saying it, I was like, Oh, you're totally right because they're making the spark, the full purpose. So I think the idea is just he, and this is, um, I had read a, a Christian review of it saying that this was actually like an anti Disney Disney movie, just like it's a tangent, but it's related uh, because so many Disney movies are like, you need to look internally and whatever you think that's your goal and that's your life and that's whatever. And this was kind of like, not that way. Cause it's like, sometimes what you think is your purpose is not your purpose. So it's like, I don't know, I, I can kind of see how they tied it in. I don't think it was clear as far as showing and telling. I think what's told is not what's shown in all cases on screen, but I can kind of see a case for why they're like, no, you should find your spark just so you have an idea of what you really enjoy and love, but you might not be able to determine and define what that means for you and your vocation. Like it might still be related, but it might not be in the way that you think it needs to be. If that's sure. any kind of stuff. That's still
0: a purpose. Like Sure he loves jazz music and then finds the purpose of helping kids by teaching band jazz yeah. band. Like it's still, it's still a purpose, you know? Damn it! You're see, right. I
3: don't even know if it, I don't even know if it goes all the way to saying that like he, that it doesn't, he really
2: it's helping no, the kids. And it doesn't, it like dances around person. it. Yeah. And that's why right. it's not, it's yeah. not clear. Well, right. and I think mm-hmm.
0: that's the biggest problem with that whole middle act. Right. Is like, yeah. it, like, We haven't talked anything about it because it doesn't really mean anything for the rest of the movie. The whole body switching thing, it sort of goes to help 22 find a purpose or a spark or whatever, but it doesn't do anything for Joe Mm -hmm. because Joe presumably already has a spark and then his spark got him nowhere, but then his spark isn't actually his purpose, so he should have been figuring out what his purpose was, even though he needed the spark to get to earth in the first place. Like it just, it breaks down completely for me at that point, even, which is maybe why I'm fine with the great beyond thing, because it breaks down in the before. Um, Oh yeah. It's already on cinder blocks at that point.
2: See, it's like, I think that middle sequence is supposed, like you're saying, like it feels inconsequential because like, it's supposed to be showing us and like tying into that, like, you know, you know, life is worth living. The moments of life of, like, you know, whatever, tasting things and eating things and helping people, like for Joe in particular. Like, that's what it's supposed to be doing. But it doesn't develop his character like that because he's so focused on trying to play that gig. And so then, like, at the end, when it tries to, you know, when they're like, well, your spark is not your purpose, but there's this other thing. It's like, so it's kind of hinting on, like, well, you you kind of already found it when you were on Earth again. But it's like, but he didn't. Because he was trying to play the gig, and like, so 22 kind of experienced that, and so maybe in a roundabout way he realizes that through 22, kind of, but like, it's just, it's not done well, so it's like, yeah, so it's just, it doesn't feel like you have to, I feel like I have to do all these mental gymnastics to make it connect to make you know the point that they're trying to get across makes sense
3: well and then i mean going back to the telling versus showing thing um they go and have the part where he does the gig and the way it's presented in the film is like uh some of the best animation it looks fantastic it Mm -hmm. sounds great and all this stuff and and then afterwards it's like joe's all bummed out he's like oh that wasn't really what i wanted but like that's not how it's present was presented during that montage like the montage made it look like awesome (laughs) and and Mm -hmm. then the movie like wants to go and be like get to the theme that it wants to so it goes and has him tell you that it wasn't so great but that's not what the audience experienced right um and that, like, to me, is once again, a problem. There's a disconnect between like what we're seeing, but then the movie's telling us there's something different. And mm-hmm. like I think seeing something means like seventy percent of like the meaning of something, and then thirty percent of it's conveyed in the words. And so the seventy sure. percent of what I experienced was way more important to underline that he was enjoying that moment than mm-hmm. like him saying something contradictory afterwards.
1: Well, and that's like talking about the middle act and saying how it didn't contribute anything. I mean, if you look at his experiences that were supposed to be meaningful, we have little girl coming to his apartment. Right. And what mm-hmm. do we hear from from 22 living vicariously through him or whatever? It's oh, you love this. So that's your spark. You should pursue this. OK, so that's chalking it up to he should just continue pursuing his spark because that's his purpose. Then we get the, you know the barbershop conversation yeah. where it's like, Oh, you could have known more about this person who's your friend. If you had looked past what you thought was your spark. So it's like, okay, that's kind of going into the theme that I think you're trying to give us. But then we go immediately back into like this thing with his mom where it's, it's like you hear her concerns about him being a musician, but then she ends up just siding with him anyway. So it's like, that kind of goes back again against the yeah. purpose <laughs> that I thought you're trying to give us. So it's like, yeah, just jerked back and forth without really knowing what, what the hell we're supposed to be thinking <laughs> or, or believing. <laughs> yeah yeah is that it i mean
3: anyone else uh, I,
2: guess.
1: I feel like we've wrung this cloth out pretty dry yeah <laughs> we've yeah. talked about a lot of stuff you guys just <laughs> didn't hear any of that um but
0: yeah that was our very thorough review of soul um i will say for the mess it is it did give us a lot to talk about that i think yeah. is uh good and interesting so yeah. hopefully you also felt that way well, um a good Corey,
1: film right what that's, that's like the purpose of film right so i i don't think it's bad enough that you shouldn't see it i think it will give you something to talk about so i would recommend it for people to watch i don't think it's great but i think it's good to watch and have something to talk about afterwards is that fair yeah yeah okay yeah.
3: Michael, nah, you shouldn't watch it you Michael, shouldn't Michael's... listen to this podcast oh, shut up, Mike. <laughs>
4: i'm kidding <laughs> whoa whoa
0: <laughs>
3: it's all it's all meaningless
0: <laughs> whoa um wow did you just turn into the wall of podcasts? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, Corey, thank you for being here, even though no one's going to hear this episode now.
2: It was a pleasure. Um, it, I, it was, I'm glad I could find my spark, my, my <laughs> main for Your podcast spark. Yeah. Uh, the
3: vocation I, is to become a staffer of real perspective.
4: Yeah, I already yeah. did that. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, Corey, you have... You have music available to listen to like on Spotify like a like a like a real boy like a like a like a professional <laughs> musician.
2: You know, we talk about a movie where he's trying to make it as a musician. Yeah. Uh yeah, a friend and I we recorded some music. Uh you can check it out on Spotify. We released an EP it's called Lockdown under the the band name is Restless Body Syndrome, you know. Nice. So, you nice. can you can probably infer where that name possibly came from. So, <laughs>
0: i like it uh uh, yeah um mike do you want to plug your book
3: yeah Uh, so i wrote the ashen prophecy available on amazon for kindle edition and physical edition and you should check it out
0: too uh missy do you have anything to plug empty space um
1: empty space stuff uh not currently we just finished our most recent season we're currently trying to figure out what we're going to do next but i think everyone should spam mj's twitter and tell him to watch mary poppins and also, It's Wonderful Life.
0: I've seen uh, Mary Poppins, and well, It's a Wonderful Life. They
1: can't watch it until he likes it. So, that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> also, MJ hates teachers, and I want that to go on record to all educators all over the world. Yep. Including his wife. Sure.
0: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, I have yeah, nothing. I'm d- I'm uh, <laughs> nothing. I'm just teaching
1: and educating young minds, MJ, but apparently that's not very important. So, I have nothing to plug.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at santa barbara city college online because that's all i'm doing <laughs> with my life lately so, yep you can yeah. find me on twitter at mjsmith891 It's where i've been doing most of my social media posting i'm also on instagram under that ha- uh handle i don't do much on there um oh i have another podcast that's what i have uh yeah, yeah let's jaws for a minute which is a um podcast where myself and sarah buttery from jump cut online Break down our favorite film of all time, which is Jaws, minute by minute. And we watch one minute of the film every week and then talk about it. And that's, that's a great. podcast somehow. Uh, and uh, yeah, we have merch for it if you guys want to go support that show that way. Um, we will be having merch s- s- this year. That is my goal for Real P this year. Uh, surprise, guys. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah.
1: Is Can it be to get, tiki merch, like your guys' cool yeah, Jaws tiki merch.
0: merch. Um oh yeah, Mike Mike and Corey haven't seen the the tiki merch yet for Let's Jaws for a Minute. Mm, no. Um, I'm a big
1: tiki fan, so I got that exclusive.
0: Yeah, it's up, it's available on our Redbubble. Um Nice. Yep. It's uh so we it's sign off cute. every we sign up we sign off every episode of Let's Jaws for a Minute by saying it's a Jaws o'clock somewhere. And um yeah, there's it's Jaws o'clock somewhere merch out with a shark drinking a tiki drink and it's pretty great. It's um, very cute, I
1: must say. Yep. And, but, and I don't even uh, like you, so. You know. High <laughs> <laughs> uh, me.
0: Yeah, uh, go check that out. It's uh, let's Jaws for a minute on Spotify, Apple, Google. It's uh, it's where go where do you like to listen to your podcasts? It's there. It's it's all up there somewhere. Yep. Um, listen to a bunch of people with much better accents than I have. Uh talk about Jaws. Um I'm not gonna lie, sixty percent
1: of why I listen is the accents. I mean you're great and I do like your guys' analysis, but (laughs) it's also really fun listening to all the British accents.
0: (laughs) The accents are pretty great. They're pretty great. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's that'll be it. We'll be back with more. We have a couple more in the hopper uh here, not to be confused with the villain from Bug's Life. Um (laughs) communist. (laughs) Communist. Go
1: listen. Also Kevin Spacey, me too. Yep.
0: Oops. Uh yeah, we're gonna be talking about Mandalorian season two. We're gonna be talking about Cobra Kai season three. Still a yep. pandemic. Gotta switch to TV. Um yep. Tenet, uh Missy and myself and Jordan are gonna be doing an episode about Mank. Um which is a movie I did not like. But uh But I, got... I did. Yep. So <laughs> Yeah, tables. stay tuned. Uh this year uh, I think will be better for real P. I know we kinda had a weird 2020, but if you stuck it through thanks for listening we appreciate you uh we'll
4: we'll talk to you in the next episode
0: we're the bad guys can you tell i did this part after because i forgot on the recording